All right, we're back. Episode fourteen, the big one for we had a we had a break last week because we we're both sick, not not COVID or anything. I got my test, just just sick, sick of life. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Just just media with the flu. Yeah, I think it was because um, so many people here have been going back out, and getting out to the pubs and stuff. Yeah, because we got sick after the pub. Yeah, after having dinner with the boys, and and then I gave it to Yutana. Yeah. Do you reckon you gave it to Hannah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then my mum was sick as well. Yeah, and then it just spreads from there like a. But virus. it was it's a pretty quick one. Like I was pretty sick for like two days. I had a bit of a long tail, but I was like pretty much healthy again after like two or three days. That's good. They're the yeah. good ones. Yeah, it sucks when you're sick for like two weeks. Yeah, like mm. COVID. It's COVID terrible. Man. Got to avoid that. So. This week, we're going to talk about the Wild Web <laughs> and all the crazy stuff that goes on on the internet. Um, so, we had some pretty good stats. Yeah, A lot of people, when they think of the internet, they think of like one huge interconnected network that they, and they can just go anywhere on that network. Surf the web. Cowabunga. Cowabunga, dude. But actually, um, it's a bit restricted. And the, the internet that people think of is called the surface web right and that's only accounting for like 10 percent of the actual so little yeah so it's it's just the teeny tiny tip of the iceberg and the rest of the internet is actually made up of um two parts we've got the deep web which is accounts for like uh like 85 percent of the internet maybe a little bit more and that's stuff like that's inaccessible for most people on the internet and it's kind of like a private content a bit like um business in yeah. internet it doesn't even have to be sinister it could literally just be a no they're, internet. they're fully legitimate like, yeah it's just like it's just content that is private to like businesses and schools and yeah and stuff like that has no business being publicly accessible yeah it's just it's still on the network it's just not yeah it's still on the internet you can still log in you might need something like a vpn you know if it, like a bank system would have a vpn that you have to be connected to but it's still part of the of the open web yeah technically so the last sort of 5%, maybe a little bit less of the internet is the dark web. And even that is actually not that sinister. It sounds, the name, it's like dark matter. It's like, you know how like sci-fi movies, it's like, it must be antimatter. It must be dark matter. It's yeah. like, oh no. Oh no. It's like, yeah. no, it's just like, it's part of what it is. It sounds scary. And we hear about it on the news and like on social media and things about the dark web and how all these bad things go on, you know, drug marketplaces and, you know, all these gnarly things bad things trading humans you know like yeah hitman services services, yeah actually i've seen some crazy stories about things that have been sold on dark web marketplaces like one guy ordered 40 kilograms of c4 apparently from a guy yeah this this guy was um he was a vendor i think telling the story and he was like yeah we've this was on the original um silk road before they banned those sort of things pirate rabbits is that um that's the dude he started yeah. is he in jail now yeah wow. yeah definitely with his friends as well yeah um yeah like 40 kilograms of c4 which is enough to take out like a whole city how do they just how do they produce that and how do they ship it i think a lot of the weapons and things that are sold on the dark web came from surplus in like um, the Middle East, War manufacturing yeah. and stuff, and like Eastern Europe as well. Like in Russia, I know that they've got huge caches of weapons and explosives that are left over from like World War Two, yeah. and even like they might still be manufacturing them. But yeah, I know they've got like millions 
of Kalashnikovs, AK-47s that are just like in, in boxes, yeah. And they store them with like jelly. There's like this oily jelly stuff they put on it to keep it um, in good condition in storage. Yeah, so... Like, people in Russia just come across these crates of guns. They're just like, oh, I'll just They just them. get abandoned. People don't want to pay for storage costs. They just get forgotten. Yeah, yeah, And exactly. someone comes and finds a crate yeah. of yeah. AK-47s you know, or something. And, or, like, they've inherited the family farm, and on the farm there's a huge bunker that was used during the war, and, like, that's full of weapons. Yeah. Yeah, and there's been other things. That's like, terrifying. Um, I think there was nuclear weapons that were sold on the on uh, Silk Road potentially at one point. What? Like just crazy things. Isn't there like some stat that there's like a thousand nukes unaccounted for in yes. the whole world or something? Yeah. How do you just lose a nuclear bomb? How do bomb? you lose a nuke? Yeah. That's that is so freaky. And it's like who has them? Like where are they? Because they could be anywhere. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. And it's like maybe just some crazy warlord somewhere has just got a nuke just chilling in his lounge room. He's got it set up like on his mantelpiece like just this nuke oh it's crazy <laughs> how big is a nuke i'm not sure i think they can vary in size depending yeah. on like the payload is yeah. that the word used for like i think so yeah how much explosive like i imagine you could have a small one you could probably have a warhead like this big yeah surely don't you just need like a couple of atoms of plutonium or I think something so. you yeah you don't need a whole lot just flick one like you know flick electron one. off yeah flick <laughs> one. and then bam. the whole city's gone yeah that's terrifying. Yeah. So the wild web, all sorts of crazy things going on there. Um, so part of like being an internet user, um, you've also got the, the the naughty boys, you know, the cowboys of internet going around and doing crazy things, you know, thieves. Exactly. The yeah. The hackers. The bad men. Yeah. And so we kind of give them a few different um, names. Like we say, they wear a different type of hat. Like a different, can, based on their based on level their of evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you know they're they're good guy or bad guy or kind of in between. You know, evil's a subjective term. Yeah, I agree. It definitely depends on what you know, what frame you're looking at it. Yeah. You know, is like you you know like a, a black hat hatter might be someone who's made out to be like an evil hacker because they're trying to hack like the government or something. Yeah. You know, like Julian Assange or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like you know. You know, leaking sensitive documents yeah. like government data. How's how's that evil? He's trying to like bring bring out the truth and yeah. stuff like that. Like so, from the government's perspective, it's evil, and yeah. it's like we need to like bring down this evil guy. Yeah. But then from the public's perspective, it's actually like he's an angel. He's yeah. like he's helping everyone out. Yeah, sharing crazy stuff. Um, I was gonna say, oh yeah, Prometheus from like Greek mythology. He is the classic um, good and bad character yeah. because he was the one that stole fire from the gods and gave it to humans um and so that action is seen as evil but actually yeah. like he's just helping humanity yeah, yeah. You know, where, and giving them technology and then he was banished and cursed to like push a boulder up a hill every day and then it would just roll back down to the bottom of the hill at the terrible and then, have, and then there was a bird as well that would come and like eat his liver a crow or something yeah, Greek mythology is so grim. For eternity, yeah. But that's actually the same character as Satan. He's the one that wanted to share knowledge with humans. Yeah. And God was like, no, you bad thing. Like, get out of here. Kicked you him out of the garden. little naughty boy. <laughs> naughty boy, little black hat hacker. Yeah. And so humans and, and Satan were kicked out. And then that's seen as evil, but it's like, hang on. He's just trying to share the knowledge yeah. with the humans. 
I guess that's like then gray hat hacking where it's kind of like in, in between. So, so, you know, black hat hacking is supposed to be evil, mm. you know, like bad. For bad intention. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like scamming or something. White hat, I, I guess that's a more objective lens to say scamming. You know, that's yeah. never nice. Yeah. Come on. But like white hat, white hat hacking is like taking down like a, you know, a, a ring of someone evil or something like that. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, so like white hat, um, that often they'll do things like if they discover a security vulnerability, they'll raise it with the company immediately yeah. and be like, hey, you guys got an issue. And then there's like bug bounties and stuff like that. A lot of companies have mm. like Facebook and stuff. Like if you can find like security bugs in their services, they'll reward you like, like yeah. $10,000 in some instances. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Google's got the same thing. And there's some people that do that full time. Their whole job is to just try and hack these services yeah. as much as they can. They're like um, Boba Fett from Star Wars. Yeah. Or uh, who's the new character? Are oh, the Mandalorian? Yeah. yeah. I just started watching that. Oh, so I'm good. Just one, I'm one episode in. Yeah, nice. Yeah, the Mandalorian just going around this cyber space, hunting down bounties and catching Is that in. set in the past, hence Baby Yoda? No. So it, this isn't a spoiler, but it's not actually Baby Yoda. It's ah. just a, it's of the same species as Yoda. Okay, that makes um, way more sense. But... Uh, actually, I'm not going to tell you how the timelines link up because it's a bit of a spoiler. But it's not um, it's not actually Yoda. Yeah. But those little guys live for ages, like hundreds yeah. of years. Isn't he already like 50 years He's old? He's 50 years old. Yeah, him. he looks like a little baby. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a bit like humans, the way we kind of like are really vulnerable when we're young. And then because of that, you know, it increases like our brain capacity or something compared to a regular animal who can hunt almost like immediately. function so quick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like a baby dog is like, maybe not a dog, they're pretty immobile, but like a kangaroo. Why is a kangaroo? Uh, even with a dog, like if you look at like a five-month-old dog, it's still like, it could do a lot of things. It can function, yeah, it can like run yeah. around. And, and you look at a five-month human and it like... It's still just like a... Is useless. Just a useless blob. And it cries and needs like yeah. to be carried around. Yeah, such a burden. It's so weird how fast animals grow. From mm. a baby. Yeah. Like, it's like one month and they're like fully grown. Yeah, like, true. Huh? Yeah, like one, well, a one-year-old dog is like fully grown. Yeah. And fully functioning. They can hunt and... Can they reproduce at that age? Probably. Yeah, but then humans just useless at one year old. I guess that's because we're spending more time developing our noggin. Like, yep. that's our whole evolutionary... Yeah, we've, okay, we've got a huge tax for that noggin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got your bounty hunters that just traverse the cyberspace, you know, doing the good thing protecting companies and even individuals um i think most vulnerabilities like on operating systems and software and stuff are found by the white hat hackers or great yeah. um they make their day zeros yeah i always got to update your servers always people. yep servers software web web apps everything yeah um and then gray hat yeah it's kind of in the middle so those guys are um finding vulnerabilities and they might exploit it to some extent and then, you know, raise it with the company. So, like, maybe um, they find a vulnerability with Zoom that lets them, like, control everyone's webcams that has Zoom installed uh, without them actually being on a call. Oh, that would be a that would be massive. Yeah. And so then, you know, they're going in and just recording, like, hundreds of hours of webcam content from all these unsuspecting victims. And then... Um, Terrifying. Then they raise it with Zoom. They're like, hey, by the way, like we've just got like 10 terabytes of content from all your customers. And it's like... It could even blackmail. 
Yeah, they could. But that's yep. definitely black hat. I think that's more, more towards the black hat side. You, you could also be like, hey, you got this vulnerability, and I also have a hundred hours of random people. Like, if this gets out, that you let me get this. Yeah, yeah, true. Then could Zoom could employ a white hat team to try and get that back to hack the hacker. And it's all Are just they like white hat cyber warfare. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't know. Even I think know. that's becoming gray or even black hat. I wonder what the legalities are about um, companies doing something like that. Yeah, you know, are they like are they within their rights? You know, to hack back at hackers. I don't think so. I have no idea. Surely it, not. I think hackers still have the same rights as everybody else in terms of privacy and security, which is ironic because they're the ones doing the attacking. You know, it's like can uh, can a company act in self defense on in cyberspace? Yeah. <laughs> in in this cyber warfare. I was reading. This is such a. Um, aside mm. i was just reading like a reddit post or something and like the literal ch- chinese translation for hacker i think it's i think it's kind of it's pretty funny mm. let me have a look so it's kind of like um i don't know i really don't want to get it wrong because then i'll just sound racist <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's like all right i Maybe we'll just put this one to the side. And yeah, we'll come back to that one. Do your own research on this one. But um, I think it's just like, you know, you take the two characters and those their meaning itself. And if you like were to literally compose them back together into English. Yeah. It's, it means something funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Was we'll it, save it for not on the podcast so okay. that we don't have any political okay. yeah. issues. Well, interestingly, like, hacking is a massive political thing as well. Yeah. Like pretty much all of the governments around the world have like, hacking teams or at least um, people that they go to for the purpose of hacking. I think there was a huge number. I forget what it is. It's like 50% of attacks going on every day in the cyberspace are like at a government level. Really? It's like governments trying to like hack each other, you know, and it's just accepted. It's like, cyber it's just, warfare. Yeah, it's just what it is, you know, like trying to probe different spaces. So do you reckon gov- the governments, they have like a team of programmers that are like, or hackers, yeah. that are just like tasked with hacking another government's infrastructure yep. Yep. and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. Like there are a few big players. That is that not, known. aren't there like international treaties against that? I, it, there is this just weird thing. Like we were talking about earlier, um, the laws have trouble keeping up with yeah, that's true. technology. And they can find a loophole that, benefits yeah. them the most yeah and there is just it's like some sort of agreement where they all just accept that they're going to hack each other and so they're all just like doing this game it's bare play which, yeah it's a, bit, it's a bit weird this thing that goes on you know where they're just always hacking because you can you can have a look at like the live hack um visualization where it shows traffic globally oh that's awesome going around the world that's so cool yeah in real time and there's just like you'll see bombardments coming from like China to Australia or China to America or vice versa, you know, like just these huge just random packets, yeah, fishing and for anything. Like some of them are like individuals or teams that are not associated with the government, and that, but then some of it actually is the actual government. And even like, at the scale that it comes in, it's like yeah. who's going to have the power if it's not some sort of organized, mm. like to have the computing resources to like, wasn't there a DDoS on the government last, last year? Yeah, there was, that? I think that was a couple. Yeah. About no, there's a really big one about this time. Which one? Last year from China on yeah. our government. What was taken out? It was just a DDoS. Just in general. Yeah. I can't remember. I think you meant like what data was taken out. Yeah, no, it was like they target particular systems. Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. 
Um, Were they like, did they shut down? It was like, like government services. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or is it possible that the Roads and Maritime RMS was taken out by the part of that? Uh, here we go. Mm-hmm. It was in June last year. What was it? What was taken out? I think health stuff. Really? That's crazy. I was going to say something else on the topic. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's the hacking. <laughs> yeah, he's pressing the big green button. He's like, initiate hack. <laughs> it's like in movies where it's like, oh, I need to break their security. Okay, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Like de-encrypting their firewall. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that's not a thing. That's not how firewalls They work. should just make a movie where it's just like honest. <laughs> and it's just like, I know well, we couldn't get um, it. Mr. Robot was pretty accurate. I don't watch that one. Oh, I think you would really like yeah, it. Yeah, I've I've got I've been recommended it a few yeah. times. Yep. You should check it out. Yeah, Mr. Robot it's got um it's had a few like um real world hackers like analyze hacking in Mr. Robot. Yeah. And it'll show stuff like him bring out the terminal and like doing some stuff and it's like oh he's actually like writing this command and like it's yeah. this information it's pretty it's pretty good Kali Linux or something yeah um, yeah so Kali Linux the tools on that were actually developed mostly by like the CIA and FBI yeah. even that the Tor browser was developed by Tor the browser yeah which is ironic you know because now it's used for like so much criminal activity on yeah. the web um, yeah but the issue with the Tor browser is like anyone that wants to investigate you know, people on using the Tor network, they can set up like a whole bunch of nodes as part of the network and then they can piece together enough of the traffic yeah. to understand who's doing what. Well, that's like Bitcoin as well. If you can set up enough, you can trace back to a certain point and then if you can somehow make the connection yeah. between... Yeah, make a connection between a, an address receiving money and like someone spending it in yeah. the real world somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you if you watch a withdrawal of a million dollars worth of Bitcoin here and then like someone's bank account goes up a million dollars there. It's like if, you know, a suspect or whatever and it's like, well, we just made the connection and then they can like branch out from there and like see who they've been trading with in the real world, you know, and yeah. then bang, bang, bang. Exactly. You build this huge web of connections. Oh, yeah. Scary. So the moral of the story is anything that leaves a paper trail like Bitcoin or bank accounts or um, even like your computer, um, is could get you in trouble if you're doing something wrong. So be careful, everybody. All right? Practice good digital hygiene. <laughs> more than just incognito. Yeah, more than just incognito, yeah. Because um, basically the rule is unless you physically destroy the computer and the drives, the data can be recovered. Yeah. You know, even if you um, write over the sectors, a lot of drives still have... Um, remnants of like of the magnetic changes on the hard disk that's yeah. crazy yeah when when i spin up like a server or anything like as soon as i open it up to the internet because yeah. it's like you know just anything like within like two minutes you just start getting all these random requests and it's like like trying to send like post requests like php admin it's all just like you know like no one exploits that people use and it's just they've been too sloppy to update their servers yeah but it's so crazy like i probably literally could show you right now they're send they're sending like login like cpanel login request yeah. you know yeah through like http yeah just just 
it's like a shotgun approach of just spamming random IPs with really common um, requests. See, look at this. Just so seeing what works. This is just a local server I had running while yeah. I was debbing on something. Yeah. These version ones are just coming from AWS. But see, this is just trying to access like the end vial, which would have all my like API keys and stuff like right. that. Obviously, it's 404 because... Not I'm not expose yeah. my, but they're my probably Envar. probing like millions of servers yeah. across the web. Just any IP that responds, they'll they'll try it. Yeah, yeah. Anything exactly, and they're just sending it out everywhere as much yeah. as they can. Like it costs nothing, and all they have to do is get one hit. Yeah, they can get like you know, it's like another thing is like, um, you know, people have wrote have created web scrapers that have picked up all the private keys that people have accidentally committed in source code yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So like private keys for stuff like Bitcoin addresses. Yeah. 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 So or anything that they need to encrypt or sign. Yeah. Be careful where you store your private keys. Yeah. It's like always cold storage, always cold storage. Yeah. Your cloud storage is not a suitable place for storing private keys. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's like, it feels secure and Google will tell you it's secure or whoever you're storing it with, but it's just as vulnerable as every other system, if not more vulnerable, you know, because if they can get one exploit on on Google Drive, you know, and like get even 1% of the users, that's like bang. Yeah. That's a lot of data compared to... Pretty sure Google Workspace has like 8 million businesses. Really? Or something like that. Wow. Yeah. That is so much data. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, so if you can get just one hit on that, so much data compared to like your single NAS drive at home, you know, that's like, it's not worth attacking that. Yeah. They were going to go for the big, big hits. But also on the flip side of that, because of that, Google and Apple are investing so much time and money into like the best security for those services. True. Yep. So yeah, it's a trade off, but yeah, cold storage offline disconnected from the web. That's the way to go. Yeah. And then multiple backups. It's like with AI as well. It's like, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent. But should they be like always running AIs on like machines that are like physically disconnected from the internet? Like mm. when it gets to, if, if we're scared of like, you know, singularity, yeah. like AI overlords or something. Yeah. This was like the um, copyright thing. Yeah. Yeah. Raises exactly. The internet. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I think the people that are designing AI are smart enough to put constraints on it to stop stop it from erasing half the internet. But at the same time, there, it is a possibility. But all it takes is a tiny mistake, True. and everyone makes tiny mistakes. Yep, yep. And then they could just break out and then become sentient. Yeah. And then just either absorb the whole internet and become super powerful, or destroy stuff on the internet. That's terrifying. Yeah. This is another terrifying point. Mm. This is my segue. <laughs> so another dot point we have is that the, there's like a survey of, um, so I'm not I'm not sure on the specifics, but it's people in Africa and pretty much the result of the survey is that they believe Facebook is the internet to right. them. Yeah. They're the same thing. Yeah. And I would honestly, even if you probably went to like a kid or something and asked like, what's the internet? They'd be like, oh, it's Google. And then I can go to here and here and stuff like yeah. that. It's Instagram. Yeah. It's Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. But so for these people, like, you know, the Mark Zuckerberg did that whole internet for the world thing. Mm. And then it's like, they like, you know, there's just like would just brainwash that the in, like they don't need to know about wikipedia or anything they just 
or any other like educational service they just have facebook and to them yeah. that's the internet and it's almost like an echo chamber as well because yeah completely it's terrifying because of the way social media works you know it's just it gets them hooked in and then they don't need to go anywhere else because they've got like groups they've got instant messaging they've got um you know pretty much every method of communication they need directly on facebook they don't have to go anywhere else to communicate and to share information so I wonder, that means like if you've got a school group, like a class, they will use a Facebook group, you know, to communicate. Yeah. And then that's like this recurring cycle. And then suddenly everything else kind of drops away, you know, like all the other platforms. You don't really need them. It all happens on Facebook. And then, bam, Facebook is now the internet yeah. for this community or for that country. I wonder if it's even like they only have access to Facebook as well. Yeah, some countries are limited. That would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, like there because like we said earlier, like the, the surface web is only ten percent of the whole internet. Like Facebook is like one percent of the surface web, you know, and it's like these people are limited to just one percent. Yeah, of like the whole internet. So much knowledge that they are so close to, but they just yeah. don't even know to access. Yeah. yeah, and and they're being monitored as well in a lot of places, you know, government or whoever it might be monitoring all the traffic the way these people interact and keeping an eye on everybody yeah yeah controlling them really at the end of the day it's crazy it's terrifying yeah so if if your whole perception of the internet is um limited right in that way like you can only access certain things and communicate certain ideas um what happens with stuff like voting you know or like yeah like then there's so much power you know it's the whole cambridge analytica stuff yeah as exactly well. yep. you have so much power to persuade politics and policy and decisions definitely the whole future of your country mm. that's the whole concern with it as well i guess is that you have such a small influential body that can like completely change the outcome Yep. Of something so massive. Yep. So if you've got like 90% of the country operates on 1% of the internet, that means it's all in like, they're all, it's like having everyone in one room and then whoever has the loudest megaphone, you know, in terms of like advertisement yep. money and, and, um, for that 1%. Social reach for that 1%. Dude, they can control the whole room because yeah. they've got the loudest megaphone. They're going to block everyone else out. And then you've, you've got like a dictatorship almost through yeah. just through this social platform. And it starts off small, you know, and then grows big into this thing. And then now it's like a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Tech- and so in Australia on like the last two weeks, we had, we lost the right to share news on Facebook. It's been reinstated because of like um, bargaining policy with Facebook, yeah. but that was a massive thing and it was terrifying. And it also, so what happened is the Australian government is trying to introduce what's called the media code. And that means that um, news publishers need to get paid from Facebook and Google when those aggregators, those sites share, like people share that content yep. or not people when they actually not sure on the specifics of it. If you go to a, a news publisher's site from Facebook or Google, mm. like Facebook and Google need to pay royalties to the news publisher. It doesn't really make sense. Like why? So if I buy a newspaper, right? Yeah. I, I pay the royalty to the newspaper company to read their content. What if I then give the newspaper to sue you? You're not paying a royalty on reading that content. Like what's the deal? Yeah. Because they're already making money off advertisement on the website. So why is it different for me to post 
the link on Facebook and get a thousand people, you know, reading the article, isn't that just the same as them like um, just visiting like normal through their own with yeah. their will? I saw a really good like argument in favor of the big tech companies and it's like if you went and asked me for a coffee store mm. and I said, oh, there's a really good one down the street here, there's another good one around the corner and there's a third good one over past the station yep. and then like two weeks later, I get an invoice from the three coffee stores saying, you have to pay us for sending your friend to our coffee stores. It's like, that makes no, no sense. sense. And that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, I, I actually I actually really struggled to figure out which side I'm on. Yep. The whole thing. I think it was disgusting how Facebook just bullied the Australian government and just said, yep, you can't share news yeah, anymore. And especially in a yeah. time like now, yeah. where, you know... It's important to be able to communicate freely. Trying to get, like, proper information yeah. is, like... The only information you could get was from Facebook groups during that week. Mm. You couldn't share a link from ABC or any credible yeah. news source. Which just amplifies that whole echo chamber. Echo chamber yeah. So I, 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 I'm really off that. I think that's an extremely yeah. immature. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm against it. Like I think people should be able to communicate openly and freely on, on the internet. And money comes from revenue generated by visiting the page. You know, like the method of communication shouldn't have a, a monetary yeah. value on it. Yeah. And it's also the other side is that what media are you trying to protect in Australia when we have this massive Murdoch media monopoly? Yeah. It's also like they don't need to be protected. But I, obviously, it's more about the independence and it's about the little media outlets, like the small town media outlets. They're the ones who need to be protected yeah. and would benefit from something like this. But would they? Though? It's all pretty wild. I'm not sure. Well, they, they should, but the thing is it's always going to be exploited by bigger players. Yeah, the bigger players, uh, it's like the poker game we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Like the bigger players are always going to win, you know, and it's the little guys that get stomped out. So if you introduce like a tax basically on sharing um, news articles and links and things like that, the little guys are not going to get shared. You know, it's only the big people are going to get shared that have the money to negotiate, you know, and like to speak up. Yeah, and the little people just no one visits the website anymore because no one's showing the links and they shut down. Game over. And then now you're no just, ad revenue. Like, you know. Now you're just left with the monopoly. <laughs> you know, it's like well, bad competition practices. Yeah. So I need to look into it more. We should do a whole episode on it. The media code. The media code. Yeah. 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 Definitely. But from what I understand, I disagree with it. Problem is, like, I disagree with both sides, <laughs> and I also kind of agree. Yeah, it's a really complex one. There's no, mm. yeah, no clear winner. At least Google was a bit more diplomatic, yeah. in the in the sense that, I mean, they were still pretty like headstrong, and and they were like, well, you're not going to have any search. Imagine no Google search. Yeah, our entire business would have no chance without Google. Like, yeah, yeah, and that and that's just it's got a whole domino effect. Yeah, yeah, you know? a lot, a lot. Mum's like, mum said to me, she's like, oh, you know, if Google was banned. It, what does that mean for your company? And I'm like, what does it mean for literally any company? Everyone is going to suffer yep. if that happens. Yep. Google's not going to do that. I I think that was an empty threat. It's probably why they were so active in like finding a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mm. they understood the domino effect that's going to happen. Like, what, like even things like, um, would it affect Google Maps? Like, are you able to find... Yeah, because think of like a massive part of Google Maps is like the review and like yeah. website. And yeah, like that. am I going to be able to like just search for cafes near me 
on there or is that going to start? Because that's probably going to affect like heaps of companies and restaurants. Definitely. From getting clientele, you know, because they're just going to go to the one that they can physically see or that Bing recommends to them <laughs> instead of, you know, like an actually good reviewed nearby yeah. cafe. Yeah. So it's like all these knock-ons. Yeah. So and like all the SEO companies, you know, companies that are working on ranking. Dude, everyone. Though. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. It has a huge impact. It's not just news articles getting shared. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Alrighty. The wild web. So that, that was our little, that was very much a rant. <laughs> yeah. More than anything. Yeah. But yeah, that's a bit of. A little bit of what goes on the web. Hope you guys have uh, got a little, a little bit more insight on what goes on the wild web. And I'm sure we'll dig, wild, wild web. probably dig into a, f- a few of these topics a bit more at some point. Like, yeah, that like media code especially. Media code, yeah, I would love to go into that. Maybe a bit more on the dark web as well. Yeah. It's a really interesting topic. Could talk about like the rise and fall of those. Yeah, um, of, the tr- of marketplaces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like the guys behind them as well. Yeah, the exit strategy, the, sorry, strategy, the exit scams. Yeah, well, it is a strategy as well. <laughs> Technically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the scams that go on, because they're big, they're worth millions. Oh, yeah, 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 hundreds of millions. Yeah, I'm crazy. Especially like at the Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin value you have now. Oh, yeah, dude. Crazy. Some of those dark web traders would have insane Bitcoin balances. Mm-hmm. Just Especially because, like, the early exit scammers as well, they probably weren't moving it too much or yeah. just tumbling it heaps. Yeah. And so they probably haven't withdrawn. Mm. Like, it's too red hot to do so. Yeah. So they just left the balance there and it's like they've got 10,000 10, Bitcoin, like, in their account. Yeah. Yeah. So hectic. Man, crazy. All right. Hope you guys have enjoyed this Thank episode so of the Wild Web. And uh, we'll see you in episode 15. Ciao.